Welcome back, my shameless listeners. And if this is your first time listening to an episode on Shameless Shiny Podcast, I would like to thank you for choosing Shameless Shiny and welcome you to Shameless Shiny's podcast. This podcast is all about bringing awareness, being vulnerable, transparent, um, but bringing awareness to these uncomfortable conversations, breaking generational curses, norms, societal norms, and coming together and having these shameless conversations by empowering one another, by educating one another, and not having any shame at all, okay? Whatever experience you have had, there is no shame when you are listening to Shameless Shiny Podcast, and even as you stop listening, okay? As you continue throughout your journey in life, no shame, being shameless, staying true to you, doing you, living shamelessly, all right? I would like to thank all of you who have left a rating, a review. I ask you to continue leaving ratings and reviews. Um, That is how Shameless Shining's podcast get more exposure. Um, But it also shows me that the the information that is being put out there, the people that um, I admire who are coming on Shameless Shining's podcast and sharing their story to really just go and expand and grow our Shameless community. So please leave any feedback. If you haven't listened to the trailer up until episode 16 please go listen to it um maybe after or before you listen to this one but episode 15 the writers of a father that one was dope i received so much feedback um in regards to that i want to actually want to get more men on shameless shiny podcast to pretty much talk about their experience um educating me okay and just being a resource because i don't have it all at all Um, But episode 16 as well is normalizing the talk with our Gen Z's Um, and give me some feedback on that one. Some people probably felt like, uh, I don't know. Um, But having that sex talk with our Gen Z's, how, how does it feel? Is it uncomfortable as a parent? as an aunt, mother figure, or a parent figure, how does it feel? Let's talk about it. If you aren't already, follow me on Instagram at I am Shameless Shani, Facebook, Shani Cox Ashford. So y'all, let me start by giving a shout out. Okay, I want to give a shout out to Lachey Cox. So if you're in the market or you're thinking about purchasing a vehicle and you're like, uh, I don't know if they're open. I don't know if it's the time. Now is the time. Now is the time. So I want to give a shout out to Lachey Cox from Valley Cadillac. Um, His information, you can contact him at 295-7925. That's his direct number. But 3100 South Winton Avenue. I literally was just there yesterday and walked out the lot, walked off the lot, excuse me, with the vehicle. Um, It was definitely time. And I was trying to hold out, but I'm like, nope, it is time. I went for a ride this morning, um, went for a walk, and I didn't want to get out of my car. (laughs) So I would definitely say if you are interested in purchasing a vehicle or if you're wondering if they're considered an essential worker or non-essential essential excuse me um definitely they're by appointments so definitely contact him at 
7925 and again Lachey Cox Valley Cadillac okay I love my vehicle if you want to inquire about a vehicle you want to see whatever it is just hit him up hit him up start that conversation and just go from there you will not be disappointed so shout out to Lachey Cox Ow. okay y'all so let's jump into today's episode I am really excited to have Desiree Barron on Shayla Shining's podcast today she is here to provide some insight and to share her story and this is what Shameless Shani's podcast is all about y'all okay this is a platform for all of us to share our story and empower one another despite if you was a teenage parent um, if you was you wasn't whatever experience it is although we may not have had that specific experience but hearing and hearing how we overcame those challenges and some of the pain we endured can really be so powerful to listen to but just understand and bring exposure and awareness and be a resource so des girl welcome to shameless shiny podcast hi thank you for having me yes so how are you doing first of all let me check in how's things going i am great despite the world crisis i'm great right i am great listen how's your daughter and everything holding up i know my kids struggled like the first week or so (laughs) girl she is she's over it at this point she's over it just homeschooling stuff she's she she says every day i'm not in college mom right is she taking classes online yes every morning nine o'clock we get up (laughs) it's still school around here it's that it's so it's interesting how like all of us are really adjusting despite what age you are you know yeah so that oh i'm sorry i cut you off no, I just said it was hard. Oh. Like, it's hard for these kids. Right. So, Des, you and I have known each other for some years, girl. Went to Ed Tech together, okay? Yes. Um, and as we were kind of talking, some things, you know, you knew I was a teenage parent, but some things you didn't know that I experienced until I kind of shared my story. Um, and I know that you are the founder of the Rochester Give Back, um, but I don't want to share too much because I want you to share. And I'm just really thankful. I really appreciate you just coming on the podcast and sharing your story. And I know that sharing your story, um, it's a lot. Like it can be challenging, right? And as we talked about before, it, it's putting it out there for everyone to hear, but just hoping that it empowers someone else. Um, but really, you and I finding our own breakthrough and empowering ourselves through our very own story. So I really just want to say like, this means a lot to me, just really coming on and sharing with the listeners your story and allowing yourself to be vulnerable. Yes, yes, it is. I wouldn't say nerve wracking, but it's Mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, anxiety. Yeah. You go and it's like, oh, do I want to say this? Do I want to bring people in? Do I want people to know this? Yeah, it is. Um, and that's something that I experienced. I mean, I've been doing podcasts for some months now, but I still, that's a question that I still ask myself, right? Because regardless, like I'm still being transparent, you're still being transparent and you want to know like how much do you allow people in um, while still trying to share your story. So I definitely get it. I get it. Yeah, it's like a, I want to bring people in. I want people to know, but you know, in the world we live in now today, people judge so much. Yes. And it's like a, okay i want to do this because i want to help someone else because i didn't i wasn't given that help Mm -hmm. so i want to be that help but 
I don't want to be judged either. Right. But it comes to the point where it's like, whatever, people are going to say what they're going to say. Mm-hmm. I'd rather help someone than, than worry about the people. That's Ooh, so really true. And I appre- I admire just the courageous, strong woman you are, and you just doing your Thank thing. You. Um, and I know I had saw a post on Facebook, and I'm like, talk about advocacy, woo, girl, you are Wait, doing what? your thing. So <laughs> let me let me slow down a little bit because I'm just excited for you and about <laughs> this. Um, but can you pr- provide us the listeners, even for myself, because I know I know some, but not a lot. But can you provide us with some background info? So you are an advocate, but provide us with how you became an advocate um, and just you, you in general. How What led you here? Okay, so just know that um, Shane and Shani will be, this is the first time I'm actually letting people in on my whole story so it's, yeah i am so excited for you look we're gonna have to do a whole debriefing after this okay right but never i'm not even listen i'm so proud of you i really am it's hard telling your story it's but you're gonna just hard. free you're gonna see find yourself just free and girl listen i'm gonna make sure i leave your contact information in the notes because people might be like reaching out to you like oh my gosh that was so powerful and girl it's gonna be so empowering it's going to empower yeah, you to just hosting more workshops or just doing more. So I am just so proud of you. Thank you. Let me not Kanye West you no more. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, when did I, I started advocating around 2017. What happened was um, I was living in Atlanta, in Georgia, and I, um, I was going through the motions. And I'm thinking I was just homesick, missing my mom. I'm emotional, my eyes was, it was just a lot going on. So, you know, I'm thinking I'm homesick, I'm getting all these symptoms. So I went, I went into the emergency. Mm -hmm. The emergency so happened to be packed. So I'm like, I'm not staying here, I'm all right. There's nothing wrong with me. Went home. That night was the worst night ever. That night I probably, drank everything in Georgia like went to everything I was beyond thirsty um thirst leads to urination so I can't make it to the bathroom and I'm finding myself like what is wrong with me like I'm going crazy Mm -hmm. just going crazy so that next morning I take my daughter to school and I go back to emergency that next morning so happened to be Halloween so I took my daughter to school. I felt like for the, for two weeks, I felt like I was fighting getting up. I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to be around. It was like a depressing show, but I wasn't depressed. Mm. So I was really confused. It was, I was confused. So I'm like, take her to the um, school. I go to the emergency again. It's packed again. I leave. I get her from school. I pack her a bag. We go trick-or-treating. Uh, trick or treat and lasted all of 30 minutes because I had to go home use the bathroom I found myself using the bathroom couldn't make it to the car like it was just it was just too much so I sent my baby down and I'm like we mommy gotta go to the hospital like something isn't wrong so something is 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 just mommy not feeling right so she was she was understanding she got enough candy we went to emergency and I sat for an hour I may have bought Shiny No Lie six pops out of the vending machine mm-hmm. within an hour. And as I'm leaving, because my name wasn't called after two hours now, the lady was like, wait, Desiree, you're calling you to the back. 
And I'm like, oh, okay. I went back there. She, the lady said out of her mouth after she took my blood and everything, she goes, your sugar is at 800. Mm. And if you would have walked out that door, you could have been dead. Wow. And for her to say that to me, it's like so blatant, like in front of me and my kid, it was just like, what? What do you mean? Dead? Mm. Like, I don't, I'm not even a diabetic. What do you mean my sugar? Like, I, I had just so many questions because mm. diabetes, that was the last thing on my mind. And from then, I stayed in the hospital for maybe two weeks. My mom came down, my sister, and it was just, it was just the worst thing. Like, I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep. I was using the bathroom frequently. Like, it was, it was, it was depressing. Yeah. To say the least. It was very depressing. And I, I attempted to stay in Georgia was just me and my daughter for like maybe two weeks after and I was like I can't do this no more and I got on the road and came home because it's like it's it's nothing you can battle alone Mm -hmm. it's it's one of those illnesses where you need you need somebody like Mm -hmm. people hate to need someone but when you're battling like an illness like diabetes you need someone that you can depend on because it's it it consumes you yeah, especially having kids too. I can only imagine, like, just be even as a mother, you know. Yeah, as a mother, I felt like helpless. Like, it's days I can't get up, and at that point, my daughter was eight. So she's eight. She wants yeah. to go. She she was on the step team. She was dancing. She was doing all different types of things, soccer. And mommy couldn't get up to go to this because I wasn't feeling like myself. Yeah. I wasn't. I couldn't, I couldn't. Sometimes it wasn't even I didn't want to. My mind wanted to go. So my mind, I was up. Mm-hmm. But physically, Your body I was wasn't the opposite. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's been a long road. A long, long, long road. And I just felt like I had to do something about it. I couldn't stay depressed. I was depressed for like first six months of me having it in the house. I wanted to do nothing, talk to nobody. My social life was shot. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, I got to do something. I need to do something. I need to give back. I need to make me feel better mm-hmm. about having it. So that's where I came up with the matches to give back. Wow. And so that started, was it 2017? Yep, 2017. Okay. I actually started planning it with one of my um, close friends. He's a DJ in Atlanta. Okay. And um, I was talking to him about it because when I was in Atlanta, he was actually one of the people who came down to help. Like, are you okay? Do you need anything? You know, bringing food and stuff. And he's like, why don't you... I I was telling him, like, I want to do something. I want to give back. And me and him sat down and brainstormed one day. And um, we came up with the idea. And I'm like, oh, that's dope. Yeah. Like, And it was like a February. And my first one was April of 17. That's that's dope though. I mean, and it's it's something because usually what we're passionate about sometimes it stems from our personal experience. Um, yeah. We just really want to just get out there and just empower people and to educate. Um, so, Des, let me ask you this: before, prior, so I know you said like you know like you were ready. You're just going on about your day. Um, and it's something even as I just heard so much as you were listening. Even as a mom, just it demonstrates your strength. You know, like as a mom, we put ourselves to the back burner. Our child comes first. And here you are physically not well. 
but you're like nope I gotta put this mommy hat on and we gotta go out and do the doggone thing you know right. um so I just admire your strength that's girl listen it's hard yeah I can't even sit and say it's not like right. being a mom is already hard enough but mm-hmm. so now how, yeah how would you say that your daughter and your mom and then even as a as your mom you know what i mean like watching you go through all of this i know had to be tough on her and for your daughter and for not to say you know it wasn't tough on other family members as well um but i guess as a family how did you all kind of experience this and well for my daughter um i don't know how she does it i don't um she she's just like everything i can't i I couldn't imagine another child like she was there the whole two weeks in the hospital like mommy you're okay she gives me shots if i can't if my sugars if my sugars are too low she'll go get it because if your sugar's low you go to shaking and stuff and i really can't focus i can't do nothing so it's like she's there every step of the way it doesn't matter if mommy's tired she's understanding mommy don't worry i can i can go make me something to eat don't worry about it she's she's that kid so it's like i can ask for a better child especially going through this like she's so humble and she doesn't ask for much at all Girl, you bringing tears to my eyes, Dad. This is so powerful because it's just like even when we talk about just like norms and generational, you know, even with her just witnessing you go through that, it's just even strengthening her. Um, And, you know, sometimes what we go through at sometimes like it's so difficult to see our strength. You know what I mean? And I don't know if you look back and kind of pat yourself or your daughter or your mom, whoever on the back, because sometimes even reliving or talking about it, it brings us back to that. Right. right? It's bringing back so many emotions. Like, because for my mom, I know how, like, remember we spoke about my daughter and her asthma. I know Mm -hmm. how I felt when she was going through. So my mom is just, if, if it wasn't for my mom and my sister, I honestly don't know where I would be. It's just like, I told them I had it. I called them in the hospital. I didn't say nothing, Shawnee, nothing. I just cried when I found out. And she, my mom was like, we on the way, period. Like, here we come. And they she were came. up in Rochester? Yeah, they were in Rochester. She came, um, if I call today, like, she's on it. She's on top yeah. of it. They know. At first, it's like, it's a, lear- a learning curve, like, you go through so many emotions with it like one minute i can be so happy the next minute i'm just like please leave me alone but in the beginning no one understood and i had to really talk to them about it like listen this is what i'm going through right now i don't mean to be a a a-hole but i can't control it because my sugars are low or my sugars are high because it is it just like it takes over yeah so, so now, now they understand it. Yeah. And it sounds like your support system is amazing. Like, kudos yeah, to your support is. system. Your mom, your sister, your daughter. Kudos to them. Is there... So, was there... When the doctors... When you found this out, did they share any information as to, like, what could have led to this? Um, and I get that it was a complete shock to you. Um, but was there anything that you could have done to try to prevent you know being a diabetic or prevent diabetes 
because I don't know and that's what I was saying before like you know what I mean like invite me in your world because like how can you prevent this or is it not like can you not prevent this well I'm type one okay so in my case it's genetics okay so someone in my family mom or dad's side has diabetes type one and it could have skipped everybody but it came to me like I it's no real real like answer for type one got it so if anybody in the family has it anybody else in the family anybody can, can get, get it, it. Yeah. wow okay wow thank you for that I didn't know that yes yeah. it's really different from type two type one is just like it's just genetics so Des what is what would you, what was the greatest lesson you've learned so far um to really be on top of your health mm. to um as African Americans we don't we'll get sick and feel like oh it's alright I'll be okay but like you, you might not right. you, you know like <laughs> you, you just might not like right. not saying like it could, it could be like things could be worse for me if I would have just kept pushing it off you know mm-hmm. but it's like that first sign you feel something is wrong go get it checked especially for guys like guys do not go to the doctor for anything and it's like any little thing just like now well my fingers start to feel a little weird i'm I'm calling the doctor wait a minute (laughs) (laughs) just like my biggest lesson like really staying on top of myself and not putting myself yeah and like you said too dads i think part of it naturally just comes with being a parent i mean you you know just being a parent you kind of just automatically just kind of put your child before you daughter son whoever you just automatically yeah everything else just is more important than you and that's my biggest thing like you have to take time for Mm -hmm. yourself Mm And I would de- I definitely agree. Um, and it's just even when you, you know, mentioned you went a couple of times and you're like, listen, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I got impatient. Like, bro, it is two o'clock. I got to get my baby up. Right. I got to go. <laughs> but I, I think that here. is so important, you know, and obviously, you know, it's something that we all know. It's something that we all know that we should be doing. But even just hearing your story, it's just like, wow, you know, because those signs and those symptoms can just be, we can continue to just push it to the back and say, you know what, I got to go to work, you know, or I have to, like you said, get my daughter off the bus. My child comes first, you know, but not really understanding or even realizing the attack that your body is going through at that moment. Exactly. It was, and then to hear her say, if you would have left, you could have died. It was like, wait, That gives me chills. How does that make you feel? Like even just, I mean, when she said it, like I just, now I'm feeling the same way. It's just you get that whole, you know, you get that chill through your whole body. It's yeah. like, wow, like it's a wake up call. Yeah. It's a huge wake up call. Like I gotta do better. So during this experience, from the time that you were in Atlanta and then when you came back, when you you know transitioned back to Rochester, was there ever a time you felt embarrassed or ashamed? Of course. Um, when I first found out, I blocked everybody out. Mm-hmm. I didn't speak, I didn't talk to nobody, like my mom, my sister, my aunts, maybe. But I really talked to people through my mom. It was like, people was calling my phone. It's like, I don't want to talk about this. What do you want to know? Stop calling me. Don't ask me. I, why? Why do you want to know this? Yeah. And it was just like, it. I don't, 
I don't know if it was so much. I don't know. I don't want to call it embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I don't. I really don't know. It was just like I was really ashamed. Like I'm. I'm young. At that point, I was what 26, 27. I was young. Like I don't. What do you mean I have diabetes? Like in my where I come from, all I thought was older people got this. Mm-hmm. So for me to be so young is like, dang, how are people gonna look at me? Like yeah. if I have this, or if I'm go, if I go out, going out wasn't even an option. Yeah. Going out to eat somewhere wasn't even an option because I had to check my blood. So I have to pull out this big thing and prick myself and then shoot the insulin in. And it's like, I don't want people to see me do this. Did you begin to like, I start isolating yourself as far as, so I know you kind of mentioned, you know, you kind of stopped going out and things like that. But was that one of the reasons why is because pulling off the bag and having to prick yourself and just not wanting to people to stare at you, you know, because nowadays you go into a restaurant, you cough, everybody's just staring at you, you know, like and people looking and then I, you know me. So (laughs) I already have an attitude problem. Right. on top of me being like why are you staring at me it was just it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't good yeah so i just like let me just stay to myself get this situated and first the first year of me finding out i was in the hospital more than i was home so that was another thing i didn't want people in the hospital seeing me like that i didn't want i didn't want to answer the questions mm-hmm. that's deep. It, was, it was the questions that how you feel I can't tell you because I don't even I don't even know. I was gonna say, and it seemed like you were still processing everything, and then trying to find find a solution or an answer. It's like I don't have it, right? And then you can't tell your favorite cousin you don't know how you feel because they're gonna nag you. Mm-hmm. What do you mean you don't know how you feel? Can I do something? How can yeah. I help? How, what can I? And I don't know the answer, so let me just leave everybody alone. Don't answer my phone. Just let's just right. keep it like this. Because I can't, I can't answer nobody. Right. And I've been on both ends of the spectrums, right? Whereas, you know, hearing with not saying your situation, but just something similar. But then also being that cousin to where it's like, wait, but I want to be there to support you and do whatever I can and feeling helpless. So I can get, you know, even your cousins asking you repetitive questions, but really to just try and make, help you make sense of things and be a support. But I definitely get what you're saying, how it can be frustrating. Yeah, I know after I came out, like, I had to, like, I apologize, but you know, it's hard for people to apologize. Yeah. Like, I'm back, guys. (laughs) But it's a lot that you go through, though. And, you know, depending on how much you wanted to share at that time or you didn't. It's a lot. And like I said, even for me, our, what we experience is completely different, but it's hard to talk about it. And if you was never a teenage parent or if I was never diagnosed with diabetes, I don't know what that feels like. I can only have some kind of idea. But when you're actually going through it, bruh, I just need that time. I need and that. And it's like the idea, the ideas was all wrong. Right. And that's what was like no, this is not it. No, that's not it. Oh, you know, I hate the most when people say, girl, don't eat that candy. Mm. And it's like, no, I, I might need this candy because right. my sugar is at a 50, 50 right now. I need mm. this candy. And it's like people have uh, in their mind what di- a diabetic is supposed to do and what a diabetic is supposed to look like. That is true. That feel is true. And, and you don't know. Because I've, I've run into some diabetics and they're like, 
oh girl, I ain't never been through that. And I'm like, oh, I ain't never been through that either. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it, it takes a toll on you differently. Mm-hmm. It affects people differently. So the myths that's out there were the worst for me. Yeah. Like, they were the worst. People telling you what to eat. That's why I didn't like to go around people because they, they tell you what you got to mm-hmm. eat and you got to do this and oh you can't do this and you too skinny to be a diabetic and it's like shut up it's a lack like, of knowledge it's definitely yeah. a lack of knowledge yeah because i've never like i said and even when we were talking i'm like invite me into your world please help me you know understand because i have lack of education when it comes down to you know diabetes but you're right people think you're supposed to look this way eat this way and it's interesting because people i can hear people saying oh don't eat that candy you know but and wow like to hear you say i may need that candy yeah it's times where i wake up out my sleep shaking and sweating because my sugar's at like a 10 because i've given myself insulin but i didn't eat enough to cover the insulin that i gave myself so it's it's a lot with it that people don't understand like now that I'm out, I came out of my shell with it. I started the nonprofit and stuff like. I I'm more open with it. Yeah. So like now people can call. They call and ask me questions. Like my cousin works with um at this company, and one of her residents is a diabetic. To twelve o'clock in in the morning, she's calling me, waking me up, like, "Hey, can you help me with this and this? And how does this work?" So, like, now I'm more comfortable with talking about it mm-hmm. than I was before because I I know, like you said, the lack of knowledge that yeah, people have. Really and at first, it it would make me upset, but then it's like I was that person know. before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you are the advocate. You are the voice, girl. Yeah, I try to be. I try. Yeah. What is the greatest challenge for you? And can you provide any mental health tip, mental health tips you like to share? So I know you talked about, you know, like even depression, you know, going through a phase of depression. How did you come out of that? Um, depression is real. Yeah. It is real. I, I've, I've never, it's real. I can't, it's not even it something is, you can really yeah. talk, like explain. It's like, it's like yourself battling your mind. It's like a self versus self. Mm. And it was really hard getting out of it. But I just had to, like, I prayed a lot, prayed a lot, um, cried a lot. It was just, how did, I wrote, I would write, write my feelings down. I would write, I wrote, like, everything. Mm-hmm. How I feel, how I, how I don't feel, what I want to do. And it was just like, over some time I just had to encourage myself because people don't understand like I can you can be depressed and I can talk to you all day and tell you how pretty you are and tell you how great of an impact you make but I don't feel that Mm. so it's like I had to you're meant to be here you found out you had diabetes you need to use this it's nothing meant to break you it was supposed to you got this to yes. help others. Like, mm-hmm. I had to tell myself that over and over and over. Okay, you and, are needed, okay? And to this day, some days I get, if I get too sick, like, because to this day, I still get sick. And it's like, I can I can cover it up, but, like, the people who are closest to me know. They like, know, yeah. They know, like, if I'm, they know my signs now. Like, if I'm aggravated, they know, like, I... They know, mm-hmm. but I still have to give myself those pep talks. Like, yeah. 
you got this. Get up. Let's go. Like, you got this. Wow. That's the, did you ever at any point in time seek professional support, professional help? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I went and spoke with someone um, just because I just needed to put everything in perspective. Mm-hmm. And I needed, I needed someone who wasn't biased mm-hmm. because in my mind, my support system is so real. They supposed to tell me this. Right. They supposed to make me feel good. I need somebody else to like, hey, am I doing all right? Am I okay? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. Wow, that's so. And deep. I don't people people think going to speak to a therapist. Girl, or I was someone, just getting ready to say that. Go ahead. The worst thing ever, and I I'm telling you, it's the best thing I have I could have done. Like yeah. it's the best thing I could have done. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. And like I said, I just and I don't want to you know i'm not taking your i can't own your experience right um when i experienced three deaths a few years ago in one year girl when i tell you i needed therapy i needed therapy and even as a social worker myself i understand how beneficial it is to really seek professional help and like you said like my family is huge and I know, similar to you, like, I know that I can talk to them. I know that they'll be honest with me. But then sometimes I just want to be vulnerable. I just need time to even process for myself. I may not want my mom worrying about me of how I truly feel. So I may hide it just a little bit. I may sugarcoat, right. you know what I mean? And it's not that I'm fronting. It's just I know naturally my family going to care about me. And we think that might, that may be the best and thing. And they're going to go on 10. Right. And it's like, I don't want my mom to be sick and stressed out because right. I'm stressed out. Let me handle it and then I'll bring it to her like, oh, hey, this I just went through this, this, and this, but I'm yeah. fine now. Like, it's okay. People yeah. really think it's the worst thing ever. And it's like, no. It's so helpful. If you need it, go, go do get it. the mm-hmm. help. Yes, absolutely. I, I, come, I agree with you 100%. So, Des, at what point did you become shameless? And I get it. It's still a journey. There's some things that even with having Shameless Shiny podcast that I'm still overcoming. Um, but I, I, you know, try to adhere or stick to this lifestyle. Like it's, it's real. Um, so at what point throughout your journey or throughout your challenges did you become shameless? Okay, so this, I'm gonna tell this story. This part of the story, and it's it's the first time mm-hmm. I ever told this part. So during my journey, I ended up. You know how they say you get you start to do better mm-hmm. and all your past come back at you? Mm-hmm. So, girl, that happened. And you know, I, everybody has a past. I was young, dumb, stupid, whatever. Life driving. experiences. Mm-hmm. Right. So, driving without a license and got put over. They took me to jail. And I went to jail and I didn't get medicine. And I was in there for about two weeks and I didn't have medicine. My mom, everybody's trying to, you know, advocate for me to get medicine. My sugar went down to a 10. Mm. And one of the COs so happened to be a diabetic. So he scooped me up out the cell and took me to the nurse. And um, from there, my doctor called in to the jail, which I never thought you could do. Because clearly I'd never been in jail before, so I never knew. Right. And she called and she was like, how are you feeling? And I'm like, I'm dying. Mm. I'm dying. And I told my mom that. And then the next day, she got me out. 
I actually talked to the lawyer who was able to get me out. So my mom and sister came and got me. And that's when, as you would say, I became shameless. Like, no, something has to give. Like, because you can't treat people like this. Like, regardless of what happened, even though it was a little speeding ticket, whatever it was. But you can't treat people a certain type of way because you feel like you're better or different than them or in a situation you know like Mm -hmm. in a situation like for you not to give someone something they need to live because you feel like they they're a bad person per se it's just horrible and that's when I just was like oh no I gotta I gotta hear like somebody has to hear about this and I worked with my doctor and that's when I started traveling to different cities and really speaking on the diabetes because nobody really talks about it Mm -hmm. It's just like, people have it, but who really mm-hmm. brings awareness to it? Like cancer, people talk about it mm-hmm. on a daily. Mm-hmm. Daily. Nobody talks about this. Mm-hmm. And diabetes is like one of the leading de- causes of deaths in our community. And it still doesn't get talked about. Wow. Girl, like, girl. <laughs> so, wow, that you said some powerful stuff. And it's, it seems like, too, like, that was your push. Like, that's that was your motivation of what you needed. And it's something how we can, the experiences that we go through, the pain and feeling like, you know, death or everything that you was experiencing kind of feeling like, do I quit? Is this it? Is this over? Like, what's going on to a few years later be here and saying, this is my fight. I remember that experience as if it was yesterday. And I am going to continue empowering people and uplifting people, but bringing awareness. And you are absolutely correct. Honestly, that's the reason why I reached out to you like, yo, Des, like, do you want to be on Shane and Shiny Pot? Because it's so important to have these conversations conversations even now and so like for example i'll be honest even when it comes down to just diabetes i thought a lot of it had to do with the sugar intake like as far as eating right i remember being young and just my mom you know and dad trying to make sure they were careful or intentional about our salt intake for you know high blood pressure and then just sugar you know candy and all of that we think oh you eat too much candy oh you're gonna you're, you're at risk for diabetes but not even knowing that well yeah but if it's in your family you see what i'm saying so it's just so important and i just believe you are the voice you are an amazing advocate girl but um people usually um people tend to believe that your intake or the sugars you eat or food like people joke about it now still like you better stop eating all of that before you become a diabetic and it's like that how (laughs) How? Yeah. Just by what you eat. Well, type one, you won't be. But, you know, people don't really realize that it's a big difference between the two. Yeah. And thank you for providing insight about that. Because, like I said, even for myself, I didn't even know. So, thank you for that. Um, boo, what keeps you going? What keeps you going? I know you got the little one that is definitely your motivation. What else keeps you going? My family. Her, my family. Like they keep me going because it's like um it's a reason i'm here and it's a reason why i'm still here i'm here for a purpose and i don't feel like i fulfilled that purpose fully yet mm, so i'm i'm just trying to figure out my purpose and you ain't figuring out no more you got it you know your purpose you know it 
every God is intentional. Everything that you have experienced, everything that you have endured, you are on the right track, girl. You are on the right track, Des. Thank you. What advice would you give to our listeners? Like I said before, just staying on top of your health, like putting you first. Mm. That's big. Like helping others is it's it's great to be able to help others, but you can't help nobody unless you help yourself. So if you are not at a hundred percent, you can't a hundred percent help someone. So if you're not on top of your health or anything with you, you people you need to take that time for self. Whether it's once a day, once a week, once a month, once a something, you need that time where it's just you and yourself taking care of yourself, stay on top of it. Yeah, that's my, that's it. Just yeah. have time for self. Girl, listen, I, listen, I feel like being selfless is just, that can, or being selfish, I would say sometimes can be difficult, you know, for the ones that just kind of always have their hand out, always doing something, but putting yourself first can be difficult sometimes or challenging. It can't. It's very difficult. I've helped people while I, I was at my worst, and I'm like, I don't got it, but let me help somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I had to really get selfish with me. Mm-hmm. And what would you say brings you the most joy in life? This is going to not helping others, like helping <laughs> right. It's, it's just like <laughs> just contradicted everything I just said. No, but, but with the balance, with the balance, helping others with the balance is like. Being able to give somebody something that could help them, mm-hmm. like like with the whole nonprofit and the advocacy, like during this coronavirus, I I actually reached out. I made a status on Facebook and I Instagram, and I told people like, "Hey, I know it's hard to get diabetes diabetic supplies. Like I'm I'm giving them away. Be my team." Mm-hmm put together things to give people needles and insulin pens and alcohol pads it's like the little things matter but to like the average person that didn't mean a lot but to the people who came and met with me to get supplies it meant everything because as a diabetic what people don't know is supplies for diabetics are thousands of dollars like insurance doesn't pay for a lot of things so if you run out of a pen and it's before your insurance is ready to pay for it you go without medicine oh my goodness so being able to give something to someone that if i was in that position i would want yeah when i went through it i didn't have a me i didn't have nobody to actually tell me this is this and you know if you put your insulin shot right here this would be better or you know if you do it right here it won't hurt i didn't have that Mm -hmm. so to be that voice for someone who just found out so they don't slip into that depression because they don't know yeah it it means a lot because like i said i didn't have that do you think that the our community lack resources for diabetics yes i do and i think because it's a financial thing we don't have the, I don't want to call it, we ha- we get the leftovers. Mm. We don't have the, we can't afford the top flight insurance or the top insulin pens and stuff like that. An insulin pen, one pen is like $500 for one pen with 100 units. I can go through one pen in two, three days, depending on how my sugars are. Mm. Or it can last me two weeks. It just depends. 
that. So right. it's just like it's hard. Yeah. And so with the rock give back, what like so to provide me provide us all our listeners some little background info well not background but i know you why i was started and all of that and so what is that is that do you is that once a year um and what basically happens during that time well um i do a once a year community event where we can all come together and people in the community that have diabetes talk about their experiences um it gives them uh it I was I wanted to give somebody some someone what I gave myself like it gave me a chance to be me mm. to be myself like a bunch of diabetics come together and you can be yourself you don't have to be ashamed to give yourself insulin in the bathroom you don't have to do that. I just wanted to be that voice so you do you can be yourself you can date who you want to date you can go where you want to go you can eat what you want to eat so the event just brings them all together and gives something like what I'm doing now it helps I get speakers and they come out and they talk to people about their experiences and stuff but throughout the year I have different fundraisers um I help different people I do um counseling in a sense like if people need to talk about it if you're going through something and know you don't have anyone to talk about if you have questions if you just want to know about it um people call I um I give away supplies I give away supplies a lot yeah I give away insulin pins um needles um so throughout the year we do a lot of things of that nature but once a year we come together to do an event just so some everybody can hear and see Mm -hmm. what each person is going through that means a lot that means a lot hearing other people tell their story even if you don't feel like you're there to tell yours but like i can listen and so there was a event you were supposed to have one recently right and got canceled because of you know what's going on yeah it's supposed to be april 25th but um i'm going to push it back and i'll probably do it for june it is still be an event, but it just hopefully if America opens back up in June, I'll have it. Yeah, I hope <laughs> so. Who knows? I hope so. Listen, yeah. you can count me in. I will definitely be there, um, and I would definitely make sure that I promote this information as well because I think it's so significant. Um, even if you're not a diabetic, but may know someone um, who has diabetes, but you know, just trying to gain as much knowledge as possible. Um, because we just never know we never know but having the information is so significant it's so important and I just thank you for inviting me into your world a snippet of it I can only imagine um I really pray and hope that you continue utilizing your voice girl and empowering everyone thank you thank you this is just amazing Des. so definitely June you make sure you put that information out so now how can people find out more information like okay say if it's june it's may what do they need to do to look for this information will it be flyers um do you have any contact information um i post flyers all over rochester doctor's offices all through strong um they can follow me or find me on facebook desiree baron um instagram hey underscore desi yeah i'm all over 
And I would definitely make sure I leave this information in the show notes. And if you're not already, go follow my girl. And like I said, rather if it's someone you may know, um, and as we all heard from Desi, she did not know in the beginning. She was having just, she thought it was like sickness. Like, okay, I'm missing, you know, homesickness or whatever. Or something that she could, you know, possibly just kind of conquer in a day or so. Um, to find out that she was a diabetic or she has diabetes. Um, and so I would encourage all of our listeners to definitely contact her if you have any questions. Um, go to the doctors for our black community. Go to the Listen, doctors. Yes. Especially our men. Go yes. to the doctors. Yes. And um, I'm just glad that you're here to be able to tell your story. And I believe that it was just intentional for that nurse to come out. Like, absolutely not. Get your butt back in here, Desiree, Desiree Baron. Um, yeah, but, she stopped me like, come on back. <laughs> right. Um, and I don't even want to think about, you know, what could have happened um, if you, you know, she didn't come out in that time or whatever. But you're here. You are here and you have more time to tell your story and to get us informed. Um, all my listeners, I just hope that, you know, you took something away from this information. Please contact her on Facebook at Desiree Barron, Instagram, Hey Desi. I thank you all for listening. Boo, I appreciate you. Thank you for oh, having me. Oh my goodness, girl. Oh, and um, I still have supplies. Oh, so yeah. if um, any diabetics or if your mom, dad, sister, brother, cousins, diabetic and they need um pens needles alcohol swaps anything make sure you contact me yes please hit her up um like and i will leave her information in the show notes um but girl i appreciate you though bringing awareness exposure again as we mentioned in the beginning i know it's not easy and um initially but and even what you what you experienced that was a lot des yeah thank you for letting me even tell my story girl listen this is for us three events already and this is the first time i actually told my story like wow I'm proud of you. I am proud of you. And and even how, you know, some people listening may be a little amazed or, you know, shocked. Like, wow, I didn't even know you experienced. Like, even how you was like, what? I didn't know you went through that through high school. I didn't even know that you went through all of this, you know? And it's just hearing it. It's just so powerful. It really is. And it's just empowering to just whatever it is that you're experiencing. Even what we're experiencing now with the coronavirus. Like, listen, it, it gets ugly. It gets bad. It gets like you may feel like you want to quit and everything else but we can get through this together and even shameless shining podcast this is for us this is for us and for everyone sharing their story and for all of us to just feel empowered and provide some insight girl so i appreciate you thank you i appreciate you is there anything else you would like to add before we go no just be looking out for the flyers when the world opens back up guys <laughs> right <laughs> look out for those flyers and um supplies i have supplies if people need them because i know people are going through it right now yeah. i know there are so many people are inboxing me and i'm more than welcome willing to help everyone and anybody i can thank you and we appreciate you Thank you all for listening. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so by subscribing, leaving a review, or sharing with a friend who you think may enjoy this episode, or actually sharing on your social media. 
You can always follow up with me on Instagram at I am Shameless Shani or email me. I will leave this information as well as Desiree's information in the show notes. As always, own it, embrace it, face it shamelessly. Stay you, stay true, stay shameless. Ow!